Blog Talk Radio. up everybody welcome to another edition of sports urban legend well my co-host macaulay matthew i'm of course William Mamo. what's up mac how you doing hey how's it going out there i'm doing all right man you know busy day you know i want to wish everybody uh you know um uh happy good friday that passed uh yesterday and of course happy easter which is going to be uh in an hour from now as we speak, and yeah, we're gonna be talking about a lot of stuff. Uh, um, the 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 current state of the Knicks as the season mercifully ended. Um, the what's going on with the Mets and the Nick uh, Mets and the Yankees. Um, also, uh, the WWE uh, Superstar Shakeup, and uh, much much more. Um, uh, but. Yes, uh, but first, um, you know, you know, we talk sports and entertainment, but you know, uh, I feel you know, you know, we'd be remiss if we don't uh, mention uh, the recent passing of, uh, you know, Charlie Murphy, which is, uh, you know, ironically, the song, this song was from Beverly Hills Cop, which starred his, uh, his younger brother Eddie Murphy. Uh, no, no, uh, you know, ironically, but. You know, um, of course, you know, uh, Charlie Murphy is a, you know, well-known comedian. Uh, You know, most notably, uh, he was in a Chappelle show where he was a writer and, you know, actor and sharing his true stories about, you know, Prince and, you know, of course, uh, Rick James and uh, such a young guy, you know. You know, sad to see he passed away, you know. Hopefully, you know, he, he, you know, he, you know, R.I.P., for him. Yeah, man, it's uh, you know, we all know him from Chappelle's show, of course, but you know, Eddie's older brother by a year, I think. You know, not that you know, uh, when I first heard of Chandler, I thought he was like five years older or you know, ten years older than Eddie Murphy, but he's only one year older than Eddie Murphy, yeah. so you know, um, but yeah, we know we've uh, come to know him from the Chappelle show due to his you know stories about. Uh, Rick James and Prince, and you know his encounters uh, with those uh, celebrities while he was on uh, tours with his uh, brother Eddie Murphy at the time when Eddie Murphy was big in the '80s and early '90s. So um, yeah, man, it's a sad day. I mean, the guy uh, was a funny guy, and we had the chance to see him recently um, at a comedy show yeah. when. Um, a comedy tour featuring him, D.L. Ugly, Cedric Antrainer, um George Lopez. George Lopez and Eddie Griffin. Eddie so. Griffin. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so so sad. You know, he passed away. Um, you know, he was only 57 years old. And, you know, I, I didn't even know he, 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 you know, he had leukemia, you know, much less, you know, 
passing away from it, uh, you know, a few days ago. I remember finding out I was watching TV and, uh, you know, somebody on the show was was mentioning, uh, you know, he lost a bout to uh, leukemia. I was like, I was like, no, no, you know, I was like, I was totally shocked. It was, it hit me like a ton of bricks because I didn't even know he was sick. So it was like, out, it was like totally out of left field. It, it came out of nowhere, you know. Uh, yeah. I was like totally shocked, you know. I mean, it's really sad, you know. Yeah. We're, we're losing a lot of talented people and people who seemingly, you know, were nice, you know, these past couple of years, you know, seemingly. But, yeah. you know, yeah. I hope he's in a better place, you know. Yeah, he'll be missed, he you know, and uh, we, could, we could always yeah. uh, remember him from uh, his uh, sketches on the Chappelle show and uh, his, uh, his stand-up comedy. You know, he'll always be uh, considered one of the... Uh, the stand-up comics that we've ever seen. Uh, absolutely, Charlie Murphy. Yep. <laughs> As you know, Chappelle said in character of Rick James. You know, man. Uh, you know he'll he'll definitely be missed. He'll never be, you know, another uh, Charlie Murphy. And uh, you know, my condolences go out to, you know, Eddie, and you know his, uh, you know, nieces and nephews that he, you know, he have, you know. And the people who who knew him personally, who are, you know, you know, dramatically affected, you know, you know, you know, you know, firsthand, you know, his colleagues, you know, send out their love to him, you know, and of course his his many, you know, his legion of fans, you know, all over the world. So, you know, my condolences go out to, you know, everybody who you know, was affected by this untimely, you know, loss of life. Yeah. Rest in peace. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, you know, stuff like this, you know, you got to appreciate life, you know, because we're we're here one moment and then we're gone the next. And, uh, yeah, just, you know, reminds me of, you know, Good Friday. I mean, not to compare on that level, but you know, Christ. You know, he he didn't have to die. He, he lived the perfect life, but you know, he chose to die on the cross. You know, so that anyone who believes in him will have eternal life, mm-hmm. and that you know, face you know, so they could be forgiven by God, and as a result, they'll never go to hell. So, yeah, you know, that's you know why you know Christians celebrate that day. You know, Good Friday, and then the resurrection, which tomorrow would mark the anniversary of that. And because he he was resurrected, he lived. Because he died on the cross, we were able to live and have a, a better relationship with Christ because, you know, without him, we can't have a relationship with God. But, you know, with that said, you know, let's, you know, move on to uh, some, you know, a lot worse uh, you know, storylines in sports. And, of course, you know, I'm talking about the Knicks. Finally, the, the the merciful, brutal season of the Knicks is finally over. And, um, man, what can you say? Uh, the Knicks was 31-51 and 51 
you know, we had so much promise with the team, you know, um, based on the off season, you know, you had, you, you, uh, you signed Courtney Lee, who, who's supposed to be this defensive specialist, three point threat. And, you know, of course, you know, we, we uh, acquired Derrick Rose, who, who's talented. I mean, he had a good year with the Knicks, but, you know, he could never, he couldn't stay healthy, you know, and uh, uh, the biggest culprit, poster child of this horrible Knicks season, is of course, uh, you know, the horrible contract, arguably, arguably the worst contract in Knicks history, if not in New York City sports. And that's Joe Kim Noah, a, a local guy, you know. He you know, he was supposed to be this big defensive stopper. And um basically we got Jared Jeffries based on how he played. Yeah. You know, I mean we all know he never was a scorer, but uh, you know yeah, we, we thought we thought that pick and roll with him and Derrick Rose would have been working a lot. And, you know, he would have been that presence down low and you know injuries and bad play it just plagued his nick career so far mm-hmm. i mean and not to mention he got suspended um you know to end the season you know after he got surgery you know because he was um he he took a legal sus- substance so he was ineligible to play the last eight game of the season and then i think um what the next um, ten or twelve games of the to start off next year, uh, he's gonna finish out the rest of his um, suspension. So it's been a horrible year, and we didn't even get to the part or part with the whole soap opera surrounding, uh, you know, Carmela Anthony and Phil Jackson, uh, you know, the team president, and I mean, it it was horrible. And then, you know, which also led to a riff with, uh, between the organization and Christoph Porzingis, who didn't show up uh, to the team uh, exit meeting uh, a few days ago as well. So, And we'd even talk about the biggest thing that stemmed from the organi- Nick organization is the absolute betrayal and the uh, banishment of uh, Charles Oakley, you know, that whole incident at the Garden, which – if people didn't know there was so much dysfunction in the Knicks organization, just that the moment of, you know, uh, a Nick legend, a guy who played on, in the last glory years of the Knicks, even though they didn't win any, uh, you know, championships during that reign, but that was the last glory year of the Knicks. The Knicks, you know, him, Starks, the late uh, Anthony Mason, Patrick Ewing, I mean, the the, the list goes on. They all you know, they played with with all their heart and their emotions, and that's why the fans loved them. And to see one of your warriors being dragged out of the place he practically built, the garden, I mean, that's just disrespectful beyond words. Yeah, I mean, I, the, the, the Knicks right now, I, they have me so mad right now. It's like I almost want to turn my back from the Knicks and become a Nets fan. That's how bad the Knicks are, are, <laughs> make, are making me mad right now because – you have a guy like Christian Porzingis who's mad right now because he's frustrated by the team, and you know he decided to skip out on these exit interviews. And you know he's also liked one of Carmelo Anthony's Instagram posts where uh, Carmelo Anthony posts his uh, 
after what Phil Jackson said about uh, Carmelo Anthony, um, you know, not being right for the team, um, you know, because he, you know, he doesn't um, have chemistry with some of the guys or he, he's not active on the court as he should be. Um, and that he possibly has to go to another team where he can chase a championship. You know, after Phil Jackson made those comments, Carmelo Anthony then went on Instagram and, you know, posted a picture of, uh, of Leonardo DiCaprio from uh, The Great Gatsby. Um, it was a scene from um, with him and The Great Gatsby sitting down with uh, a cane, and Carmelo Anthony just said one word, really? And yeah. Porzingis uh, liked the post, uh, pretty much agreeing with what Carmelo Anthony said. So, I mean, this is not good for the Knicks right now. I mean, you have a 21-year-old superstar who's frustrated with the team who possibly might not even be a Nick very soon. I mean, this is a guy we drafted, and he may want out soon if things don't change for the Knicks, you know? And Absolutely. That's a Absolutely. frustrating thing because entering this season, we thought, hey, we got D-Rose, we got, um, we, we got um, Noah – you know, we have some pieces, and we could possibly make the playoffs. And then when the season starts, it's the same old Knicks from last year. And it's like, come on, man. Like, you get our hopes hopes up, and then you just you, you just bring them down again. Like, playing with our emotions here as Knicks fans, you know? It doesn't make any sense. And they're doing it the wrong way. Stop going after, you know, um, veteran guys who are past their prime start getting younger, start drafting better, and, you know, get these guys to play better defense. We haven't seen real Nick defense since the freaking 90s, man. It's ridiculous. Exactly. The only time we had a a decent team, I mean, post-Patrick Hewitt in 2001, uh, you know, that that the you know, the um was basically um 2013. When we had Tyson Chandler, Jason Kidd, yeah. and you know we lost in the Eastern Conference, uh, you know finals to the um, to the Pacers. Right. Other than that, since from 2001, you know when we lost in five games to the to the Raptors, and these aren't your your um, modern day Raptors that you know are like, you know, a, a legitimately powerhouse team that they are right now. This this these were though. The um the um the junkyard dog, Vince Carter, you know, um Raptors from back you know, back in the days in 2001. Ever since then, the Knicks organization has been on a downward spiral. I mean, I remember to this day as a as a you know, a kid, well I was a teenager at the at the at the time, you know I was like man because because the Knicks were up until that point from the 90s the Knicks were always deep into the playoffs. To see the Knicks get knocked out of the first round was like, was was like unforeseeable nightmare. And I remember that, and and I just was thinking to myself, like, wow, this playoffs are really long. I never thought of it before because the Knicks were always deep into the playoffs. So I was like, you know what, I'm gonna remember this, so that next year, you know, when we when we rebound from this, you know, and hopefully get a title, you know, we'll we'll learn from this, from this, you know, heartbreak. And to this day. We're still waiting for the Knicks to be mediocre. I mean, it's just it's just a sad state of the Knicks right now. I mean, it's I mean, 
it's a joke. I mean, you know, the only good thing about this season was uh, Willie Herman Gomez and uh, Kuzminkis. Um, Rodden Baker had a few had a few de- good games out of nowhere. Uh, but other than that, I mean, Porzingis when he was healthy, I mean he he's kind of you know when he was healthy, I mean he played decent, but he kind of took a step back. You know, he seemed like he he hasn't emerged himself as a uh, a franchise player. You know, he right now he look he looks like a number two player on a, on a good team. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And um, and it's a sad state when your two top franchise players are disenfranchised with the franchise that they you know represent, and it is just it's messed up. I really there is no hope. I mean, these four four years we've been um, have fifty game, fifty losses or more, and and just a few years ago we had the worst season of our of our fran- statistically the worst season ever. We had, we lost sixty five um, losses, and before that we never had a sixty loss season. We've had fifty nine losses like t- at least twice um, prior to that, but. You know it, the you know this Phil Jackson error, which uh, they just quietly uh, you know picked up the last two options of his deal. It has been an utter joke, and like he said in his in his press conference, the buck stops here. Well, he better use the bucks that that, that Dolan is giving him and fix this team. You know what I'm saying? And I it's just a joke. And then. Um, Dolan apparently had an argument with a fan not too long ago when the fan told him that, you know, he should sell the team. I'm like, seriously, um, he, he was cursing the dude saying like, oh, you know, he doesn't go to the guy's job and curse, and curse him. I'm like, dude, man, ha- have a thick skin. You own yeah. the Knicks. You, the Knicks haven't been good since Moses part of the Red Sea and the, and the Ten Commandments. Do yeah. something about it. Just roll up your sea leaves. And and fix this team, you know what I'm saying? Gosh. Yeah. And then oh, here's the punishment. Did you hear this? The punishment is that they didn't allow him to renew his his uh his season tickets. Wow. That he should he should thank him. He should thank Dolan. At least he won't have to sit to a horrible Knicks Knicks game. Yeah. Yeah, it's ridiculous, man. I'm uh, I'm freaking frustrated with this team right now, and. Uh, you know, if they do yeah. decide to trade Melo, you know they better get some good picks or good players out of this. They you know, better, I don't want, but I don't, th- I don't want pennies out of this trade. You know, I think this, tra- I think the trade that they're gonna get for Melo is gonna be even worse than the Patrick Ewing trade we got in uh, 2000. You know, in the off season of 2000, 2001. I mean, sure. this is, it's, it's really gonna be bad because everybody knows they, they want Phil Jackson wants to get him out. So you're not gonna get, you're not gonna get. You're not gonna get anything of value for him. You know what I'm saying? Not to mention yeah. he, he was he's been hurt. He's getting up there in age. He has two years left on his contract. Maybe on the final year of his contract, his walk year, maybe you'll get something back. But this this off season, they're gonna trade him for nothing. You, don't don't expect anything. I don't I honestly I don't I can't even tell you when the Knicks are ever gonna win a championship. I can't even tell you what century they're gonna win it. Much less what year? I mean, it's – I can't even – the Knicks are not even mediocre. The Knicks are not even mediocre. The Knicks would have to win 
let me try to think in my head. They won what? Thirty-one. They would have to win. They would have to win uh, what? Eleven more games. Eleven more games just to be mediocre. I mean, yeah, it's ridiculous. The Knicks are are a sad state, and they haven't improved anything. You know, they've they've had some decent. They got some decent young guys, who they I mean barely played. You know, they they stuck to the veterans even though they were out of it forever. But they haven't made any improvements as a team, collectively as a team. I I don't see no light at the end of the tunnel at all. The only light at the end of the tunnel, you know, going to the next game is a is a 18-wheeler coming right barreling right down into the the, the <laughs> roster because there there is no hope. There is no hope. And I'm an optimistic Knicks fan. I'm an optimistic Mets fan. I know about losing. Trust me. I know about losing. But there is no hope for this. And I'm an yeah. optimistic person. It's, it's ridiculous. It's sad. I could spend the whole day talking about this, but let's move on to a team with hope. And that is my Mets. You know, the the Mets, uh, you know, they've been playing well. They, ha- they, um, um, they, they, they recently swept the series. Um, I'm trying to remember who it was against. Um, I think it was Phillies, if my memory serves. Yeah, it was Phillies. They they swept Phillies at um in uh at, at Philadelphia. They had one game where they uh, hit um, seven home runs. I mean, Citizens Bank Park is like um, City Field South because the Mets own that stadium. Cespedes had three home runs in that game. I think Duda had two in that that one as well. And, you know, the Mets were riding high going into Miami. Um, then uh, the, the first game Thursday night, the Knicks, I mean, the Mets, they blew a horrible, they, they, um, they, they, they were beat up badly, but then they bounced back and uh, won an extra innings. I think 16 innings to be exact. And, um, and you know, they won a game they shouldn't have won when Darno went deep. In the 16th, which was um, the fourth highest, um, uh, you know, um, home run that they've hit in later innings, because three other people, including Lenny Randall, hit a home run in the 17th inning um, in a Mets win. But um, after that, the next two games, Friday night and and uh, tonight, the the bullpen blew it, and. Uh, you know the overworked bullpen blew blew the game, and uh, you know most notably Salas uh, tonight. Uh, Salas, he's been money all year. This was literally literally his worst outing of the of his uh, Met season so far. Uh, Degrom had a pr- phenomenal game. Uh, he struck out 13. He went seven innings, only threw 96 pitches, and obviously um, the the million dollar question was. You know why didn't uh, Terry Collins leave the Grom in the in the game? But I but uh, you know he he said that you know basically you know um, the bullpen's been over uh, overworked. Well, actually, well that too, but also um, the Grom he you know he's young and he's trying to protect the arms. Salas up into tonight literally was lights out before tonight before he gave up a, a two run home run to Yelich, which uh, uh, tied the game up because the Mets were leading four to two at the time, um, and then afterwards, um, I'm trying to remember. Then uh, 
Stanton went back-to-back after Yelich to give them the lead, and that was all she wrote. The Mets went down quiet, uh, quietly uh, versus A.J. Ramos, and the Mets now have a two-game losing streak. And tomorrow they're going to try to even the series and, uh, you know, bounce back from, you know, their uh, from this series. Like winning five straight games, but you know the the Mets they've been playing well. You know Cespedes, you know he's been on a tear. Um, yeah, you uh, Bruce he's been great as well. I mean, and Conforto when he plays he plays well. So the the team you know for the most part the starting pitcher has been playing well. The bullpen uh, for the most part has been playing well as well. So the, the you know the Mets are in good shape, and speaking uh, of another team in town in the Bronx, the Yankees they're they're playing well as well. You oh, guys yeah. won five straight in a row, uh, highlighted by your the two the three to two victory uh, tonight where um, uh, Clipper I believe saved the game in yeah, some fashion. Well, six games in a row now, and um, yeah, I mean the pitching has been you know since we started season two and four. The pitching has been excellent. You know, CC pitching like uh, he's in his twenties again. You know, today mm-hmm. he had a great outing. He uh, pitched seven and a third, um, and you know he uh, held them to only uh, one run, I think. Um, and like you said, uh, Clipper closed the game because we couldn't. Um, Chapman he couldn't close the game because I think he's pitched. Um, three games in a row or something um, to close the games out. So Clipper, uh, he got into some trouble there in the ninth, uh, got two men on base, gave up a run, but um, he ended up closing the game. Yankees got some timely hitting. Um, and, yeah, they won 3-2. to two. Uh, they've, They beat the Cardinals today. They beat them yesterday. So hopefully we could sweep them. This would be our second sweep on this homestand where we're currently 5-0. and oh. So, yeah, Yankees are playing well. Well, I like the pitching. The bullpen's looking great, getting timely hitting. Um, we need, we just need to get, you know, some guys back. You know, D.D. is currently out. Um, Sanchez injured himself last week, so he's probably will be back uh, early May. So, um, yeah, once we get those guys back, maybe they could add more to the offense because, you know, we don't want to go – we don't want to have that stretch like we did last year where late in season offensively – you know, we struggle. So hopefully, you know, these guys can keep it up and um, maybe, you know, do some uh, exciting things this year. I mean, there's not – fans are not expecting the Yankees to win the World Series this year, but, may, you know, maybe get into the postseason and see what happens from there. So uh, we'll right. see, but it's still early. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, the the Yankees, you know, they – like a, a friend of mine's called Macaulay. I don't know if you heard of that guy before. He always brags about the Yankees aura and mystique. So yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. You, you never you can never count the Yankees out if they go to the postseason. Oh yeah, you never know. Yeah, yeah no, they definitely have, they have the resume to, you know. Yeah, and I like the combination. I like the combination of having veterans and young guys right now, and having a farm system where you can actually call up more young guys if needed. So, you know, I, Yankees are a balanced team right now. So they're playing well. Hopefully uh, they can keep it up. Yeah, they definitely have a strong, uh, you know, farm system. Arguably a lot of people 
it's the best, if not the se- you know, or at minimum the second best. So yeah, you know they in good shape. You know they got young guys. Uh, you know they got young guys who are you know developing, and they're hoping that they could have the same success as the core four, plus Barry uh, Bernie Williams, which you know in actuality is really the core five, but. You know, they're hoping they have that success. And, you know, we'll see what happens when these guys, you know, develop more and spend more years together, you know, you know, on the Bombers. So we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, and I love this and, Aaron uh, Judge guy. This Aaron Judge guy, he's going to be like Tony Clark. He has the height. You know, he's got mm-hmm. the power. I'm telling you guys, he's the next great New York you'll, superstar. Watch out. You'll be the judge of that. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. <laughs> but yeah, you know, unlike uh the the basketball you know, the garden, uh you know, there's promise in uh in uh in New York with Conforto and, and Judge and uh yeah. you know, Sanchez and then of course, you know, you got the young Met hurlers, you know, and Syndergaard, uh Matt if he could stay healthy, Harvey, um, the Grom, you know, Syndergaard. You know, the the rest goes on and on. So you no, know, there's a lot of promise with these young guys, you know, in in, in the city of New York. So, yeah. you know, both teams, uh, you know, could play to their potential and uh, face each other in the World Series. But this time, have a happy ending and have a much better ending. The exact opposite ending of the 2000 World Series, but we'll yeah. see what happens in the future if that happens. But yeah. uh, I digress. Another team uh, in New York uh, that's uh, on a championship uh, aspirations is, of course, the, the New York Rangers. And, uh, you know, right now they're tied 1-1 one one going into the Garden. Um, I believe they're playing uh, tomorrow night. And, um, you know, right now the series is tied 1-1. One one. Uh, the, the Rangers won uh, the first game 2-0. Uh, in Montreal, um, Lundqvist had a great game. He stayed, I think, 31 games. Um, you know, um, trying to remember. I think uh, Grabner and Glass scored scored a goal in those games. Remember, serve me right. Um, so you know, they they took they took that game from the Les Habitants, also known as the Montreal Expos. So uh, <laughs> you know, they on got that victory. And uh, game two was a totally different situation. Uh, they were up uh, 3-2 until uh, the, the last, what, 17 seconds of the third period, and they gave up the goal. Uh, Lundqvist gave up the goal, and, and then they went to extra, you know, extra overtime, and then, you know, they they gave up the goal again. And uh, Rangers, they were this close to going to the garden up 2-0, and you know that that was the twist of fate, like the like the Hardy Boys. You know they got the twist of fate that last 17 seconds of the third period. You know, unfortunately, uh, you know Longcrest I think had like a career high 53 saves, but unfortunately, you know he couldn't get these these two saves late in the in the game in the end. You know the end of the third period and of course in the you know overtime. So now Rangers, you know, you know they're up. I mean they're they're tied one one. I mean 
you know, they would have definitely signed the signed going going to you know hostile territory in Montreal. Um, being, you know, they would have definitely signed up for you know splitting in Montreal. But you know, when you look at uh, you know what could have been, you know, had Lundqvist, who's always reliable, you know, one of the greatest goalies of all time, you know, could have got these, uh, you know, could have got those saves. What to do? I mean, he's human. You know, they could have been up too old, but you know, what's done is done. You know, they they just gotta roll up their sleeve and uh, uh, win Game Three, and you know, win the rest of this series. So, yeah. what's your thoughts? Yeah, hopefully, uh, Rangers. Uh, so, Game Three is tomorrow, tomorrow night. Uh, I believe so. I'm gonna double check on that, but I'm pretty. Sure, I, I think it is tomorrow night, but I'll double check just to make sure. Yeah, they have to win these next two games because, I mean, they've already won one on Montreal's home court, so they can win these two games in the in the Garden, then they're up 3-1 and have a great chance of advancing. Yeah, let me let me just see to make sure, but I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure they're playing uh, t- tomorrow night, but I, I'm just going to, you know, make sure. Okay. Uh, let's see. I know it's going to be at the Garden. Of course, you know, that's going to be a, a big game. Uh, let's see. Yeah, uh, game three is tomorrow night. Yep. It's going to be at 7 o'clock at the Garden. Then game game four will be um, – game four will be uh, Tuesday night, 7 o'clock. So MSG, uh, game three uh, – Will be uh will be at uh which I'm gonna call it, will be back in Montreal, and you know Rangers are hoping they could clinch the game you know this this series uh in uh in, you know in Game Five but if not uh would actually that would be in Thursday night April twentieth but if they can't clinch on Game Five or if either of these teams can't clinch on Game Five, then they'll be uh Game Six uh Saturday night. Uh, at the uh, well, actually, they're going to be back at the Garden for Game Six, if that's if that's po- if necessary. And then decisive Game Seven would be Monday, April twenty fourth, uh, back at Montreal, if necessary. So um, yeah, this is going to be a, a hard fought series. Uh, I think this I think the series is going to go all the way, but I'm hoping the Rangers can uh, win the series in in five. Yeah, I'm at the very so. minimum, Rangers in six. But uh, yeah, this this is gonna be a this is a tough fought series, you know. Uh, it's really gonna you know it's gonna be interesting. You, plus, you're gonna have that 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 uh, goaltending duel between Carey Price and Lundqvist. I mean, it's gonna you know this and you know this is gonna be one for the ages. Not to mention it's gonna be a rematch. Uh, of these both of these franchises from a couple of years ago, so a lot of uh, a lot of history between these two franchises, these two uh, original six franchises. So it should definitely be it, this this series should continue to be a, an awesome one. Yeah, it's a, should be a great uh, should be a great series, and uh, hopefully, uh, yeah, Rangers can win it at minimum five games, maybe six, because the Canadians are you know they're not. A slouch over team. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, they're, they're definitely not a, a slouch. No, no doubt about that for sure. So, um, yeah, good luck with the good luck with the Rangers for sure. But um, shifting shifting gears uh, on uh, what you gonna call it on uh, WWE, uh, the 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 WWE superstar uh, shakeup, <laughs> superstar shakeup. They might as well call it superstar shakeup, shakedown, takedown. You know what I'm saying? It's like it was confusing because the way you were hyping it up it was like it was going to be a draft. And it was not. It was like people just pop up, and then it was like, okay, this person's on the show. But sometimes people pop up, and they still got traded. It was like there was like no anything. I don't know about you. Man, the, this Raw, um, I'd say it was one of the best Raws of the year. Or maybe the yeah, one of the best Raws since they uh, they did the you know the switch. Uh, it was, since they did the draft of uh, trading these players from SmackDown to Raw and Raw to SmackDown. I mean, you got mm-hmm. new additions from SmackDown. You got Dean Ambrose is back on Raw now. You got Alexa Bliss. Bray right. um, Wyatt. You know, Bray Wyatt. I think he should have stayed on. I think he should have stayed on SmackDown. I yeah. mean, he should have stayed on SmackDown. I think he's going to get buried. And apparently there's rumors that Bray Wyatt isn't happy because apparently they promised him that he was going to win the title back from Orton in uh, in the summer. Well, With he did make an appearance on SmackDown also, so what was that about? Yeah, that was weird. Oh, he was hyping up their upcoming match that they were going to – the House of Horror match, whatever the heck the name of that match was. Okay. But uh, – the rumors are, is as we all expect, Randy Orton's gonna is gonna retain it. So, you know, this whole this just goes back to the point I was making last week about they had a a great opportunity to build uh, Bray Wyatt as a strong, um, you know, main event, uh, you know, opponent, you know a championship caliber guy, but they, they really, they made him into a transitional champion. So they, I mean, they really, they really didn't utilize them as well as they should have. Now they, they have to rely on John Cena, Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, uh, Orton, you know, basically they don't um, be champions. And of course, you know, uh, Seth Rollins also. Because they have really, they haven't really developed like legit main event guys. You know, they're still relying on the same guys for the most part that they've been relying on for the past five, ten years. If you want to go back with Cena and Orton, or if you even want to throw Triple H into that that equation, since he won the title last year, you know. So it's like. I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, I spoke a lot about that last week, but, you know, it's it's just a shame that, you know, that, you know, Bray Wyatt is not getting the opportunity that he should. I mean, he paid his dues, the yeah. third-generational wrestler, and he could have been the most intimidating, you know, figure in WWE since The Undertaker, you know, but now he just he just looks silly because he talks smack, and when he gets to a pay-per-view event, he loses. He's the anti-Undertaker, especially at WrestleMania. He's 0-3 as we speak, so, you know. Yeah, I mean, he has a lot of talent, and 
You know, he has the uh, gimmick that's one fans over. You know, and I don't, yeah, I don't understand why they don't give him a ti- uh, a title run. You know, I mean, he he yeah, only he had was... the title for a few months. It sucks. But... Yeah, he had it like for like a month and change, and then they got rid of the title off of him for no yeah. apparent reason. And uh, we we spoke a lot about the the match itself with the whole uh, worms, you know, in the projected thing and all that stuff. You know, if you want to hear more about that, definitely check out, you know, last week's episode, folks. You know, I really ranted on that. Um, but yeah. It, it was just a, you know, messed up opportunity. I think he should stay because I think they're really going to bury him. Um, I'm trying to think what else happened on the Raw shakeup. Um, Alexa Bliss went got switch shifted to the show. Um, trying to think. Um, Charlotte went to SmackDown, you know, later on. Yeah. Trying to think what else happened. What else major thing happened? Uh, well, I mean, on Raw, you had the, uh, which I think was oh, one the of... the Braun Strowman. Yeah, the Roman Reigns. That, man, that was oh, like an Attitude Era moment there. Attitude Era moment right there. The beatdown, my goodness. <laughs> on, on, the beatdown on Roman Reigns. I mean, Roman Reigns is the unofficial villain of, of Raw. I mean, he comes out, and especially with, I mean, WWE, man, I mean... They're doing a horrible job at making him get in cheers. They are like, he he's getting the ultimate heat. I mean, he has more heat than the than the authority right right now. I mean, this yeah. guy, this guy. I mean, and then you're gonna make him beat Undertaker in the way how he did it too. It was like he got the, the. It was last week when he got booed like for like 15 minutes straight. I mean, I've never seen anything like that. I mean, this is not like wrestling heat. Like, I hate you type of heat. Yeah. I'm surprised. If this was old school, like WCW, they would have threw garbage on the, on the, on the, on the, on the, <laughs> on the into the ring. I mean, it was like really, he couldn't even speak for like 15 minutes. Yeah. It yeah. was like really, really, WWE really dropped the ball in Roman Reigns. He's a talented guy, but they're, you know, they really made him overrated. You know, he, you know, they they haven't done well to hide his weaknesses, and you know they over they over his um his best stuff like the punch, Superman punch. I'm a fan of it, but he overdoes it too much. Like back during the Shield and, and like when he split up, he used it like once in a match. And now his now though his entire offense is Superman punch, and then you know the spear. That's it. He he's a two he's a two move wrestler. He, I think he occasionally does the Samoan drop also. He just basically does like a hundred hundred Superman punches in a match, and the spear and and the the spear. I I like the um I like the you know the way how Goldberg does the spear. Like you don't you there's no setup to it. Like he just does it. You know what I mean? Like he just runs at you and hits mm-hmm. you with the spear. Roman Reigns, he has to do like a rebound off the rope before he does it. Like, like what he.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.